0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the collective show with Allison Sutter, an
1: author, a spiritual coach and mentor, and she's intuitive. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, it's great to be here. So things that happened starting with when I was three, I had a revelation of being a light being. It was more like a dream, a lucid dream and awareness that I'm a light being. And the more that I'm standing on the stage, the more that I focus on love, the more the physicality melts away. And that's the representation of all that we are. I had an experience in um, high school where I was suicidal and I had a voice come through at the moment. I was a cutter and it said, not your time. And I knew it was something other than my normal physical perspective. It was just an, a knowing, And I'm like, okay, I, I believe you. And then there were other times like when my mom died, I was 20 and she was 53. And on her transition, it was like her last breath. I had another massive awareness. and Mind you, when I was 20, I wasn't like you. I had no idea of a personal self-development, spiritual, I had no religious, you know, or spiritual um, inclinations or interest. I was just trying to keep my head above water and stay alive um, was really my goal. But when she transitioned, I had this instant awareness that we don't take the negative perspective with us when we transitioned. So all the pain she was in, all the anguish, all the trauma from having my sister who was in and out of um, homes and very violent and um, all these different things. And the divorce that she had with my dad, um, it was gone in a flash, in a blink, it was gone. And I was like, okay, it took me 25 years to understand what that was. So that was another sort of notch in my spiritual belt. And then other things happened along the way. There were other things, like I had a very painful parting of a friendship when I my kids were little um, that ended up being, you know, one of those things where I was trying to defend myself and my stance to somebody else who was in this group. And I heard this voice that said, let it go. And I knew I'm like, okay, let it go. Close the laptop, take a nap. It was. It doesn't mean the pain goes away. It just means you know, there's something else beyond that situation. So there have been these times where whether I was in pain or not, there have been moments where I'm like, there's something else. Right. And then, so when I turned 40, I started to dive into what is that other thing? How can I define it? How can I make sense of it? How can I talk about it? And when I was in my late thirties, early forties, I was going to go into, there's an organization called the Czech um, Institute where they talk about mind, body, spirit. And um, I was like, well, do I want to go? Cause I was really into like, how do I eat better? How do I feel better? How do I do that? Do I go that way? Do I work with clients on that level? Or do I go this other way? And I was really more interested towards what does it mean to be a spiritual being having a physical experience? And so that years went by and then Another thing happened where I had worked with somebody who was actually in the movie, The Secret, coming to find out that was, um, you know, we're all on these trajectories and his was one in which was about performance. It wasn't really about the people. I learned that lesson the hard way, um, which is always the best way. You know, we say it's the hard way, but really it's just emotionally difficult. Um, and out of that came sort of like a stripping of way of any, um, trying to be something other than what I was. And out of it, I said, what do I have left after all of this? I have my ability to connect with my intuition. I have the ability to transform fear and I have my energetic thumbprint. I have who I authentically am. And those are the three things that I'm going to focus on. And those are the things that are going to be what I enjoy. And I, and so I just dove in from like early forties on. So I'm about to be 53 this year. I just explored those. I'm like, what is this for me? How does this feel to be? And that's what led to the writing of The Halfways because The Halfways is really about an exploration of let's harness half of us spiritual, half of us physical, because you can't deny all the all the difficulties that we come across because we're denying this aspect of our connection to whatever you want to call it, source God, love and light, you know, divine energy. It doesn't matter what you call it. It matters that it's an unconditional love that is the real us. And that's sort of what, once I sort of believed that we are literally halfway that, all the dots began connecting between all of these experiences that I had. Even the one where it was like a split second. When my mom was sick, I said to her, I'll write a book someday. Well, I've written two children's books. I've written three self-help books. My daughter, when she was in her uh, 12 and 14, I helped her publish books like That intuitive inclination to say something that seems so out there and so irrelevant is sort of a prophecy of your own divine guidance.
0: I I completely agree with you because um, it's like a journey of self-discovery, you know, acceptance and awareness. You really have to kind of surrender and fall into yourself within to open up those channels of unconditional love from source that we are. And I think that your journey is uniquely beautiful to you, and for you to also share your wisdom to the collective to best help them raise their vibration to be their best self or what they perceive to be their best self. You know, we need people in our humanity to speak their voice and share their truth. Um. So, how did you find out how to kind of activate your DNA or your energetic blueprint and? How did this intuitively feel?
1: So to me, it's about perception. So this concept of being activated or inactivated, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's an accurate description of ourselves. I believe it's more, it's all active. It's a matter of what we want to perceive. So this is the way I spoke about it with intuition in the book because some people think I'm not intuitive and that is the belief that they put their energy through. And when you put your energy through that belief system, your perception will equal, I'm not intuitive. You will find the proof that I'm not intuitive. So it, in it's not that we're not, our intuition is a hundred percent functional. Whether we perceive it as functional is the difference. So it's sort of like um, everything is is functional within us it's a matter of how we want to perceive it, which is different because when we talk about ourselves being whole, right, we either talk about ourselves being whole or we, we talk about ourselves being deficient in something. I don't believe there's a deficiency. I believe there's a perception that creates an idea and an experience of a deficiency, but I don't think we're deficient in any regard. So I know that that that's that's like counter to what everybody is saying. They're all saying we need to activate it like it's already active because we are already whole it's a matter of whether we perceive it and our belief system throwing flowing through the idea that we need to activate something is the is the thing that keeps it imperceptible to us for
0: example with activation i completely agree with you it's all about perception in your own reality cuz when i'm doing energy healing or just working with myself like through meditation cuz um I'll be working with my energies and my chakra systems and I can see like the different aura colors in my hands change or through my hands. Um, and, you know, every couple of minutes, my colors would completely change. And I realize okay, I'm not the one that's activating them, but I'm sitting within myself and, be, and already whole. So the emotional, mental, and physicality of my body is expressing that perception through my aura. So as I'm sitting within myself, I'm realizing, okay, my DNA my DNA doesn't need activation. It's just if I already believe it's activated, it's gonna pave the way at the divine time that it should. When when I best am ready to perceive it. So yes. I, I I definitely understand that that process of thinking because a lot of people that i've had talked to they also um believe in that your chakra isn't really blocked which i also kind of believe in but like we said it's really if you believe that it's blocked it's blocked but if you believe it's already open it's going to pave the way to be open and i have never had a time where i felt as my chakras were were blocked when i go in meditation and i work with my chakra systems seems like they're pretty active takes me less than maybe two minutes, five minutes to really just sit within myself and just connect with all my, you know, energetic fields. And they're just already vibrating high and skyrocketing just because I gave them that, that awareness. So I I definitely agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, so if we really go from fundamentally the standpoint of we're, we're non-physical energy, if we start there, if we start every conversation and every perception of self from the standpoint that we are non-physical because when this physicality taps out and it will because everybody taps out from the physical perspective well what happens well you integrate like i talked about with my mom you reintegrate to the non-physical there's no tangible to it there's a non-physical vibration of who we are so if we start there and we know that that is complete and evolving in and of itself and our physical perception is just another pov on our spirituality on our our non-physical consciousness that is connected to all that is then we have to acknowledge that the 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 diminishment of a perspective or the expansion of the perspective is all based on what we want to know about ourselves and so we hook up with particular belief systems that help us experience ourselves from a different perspective and sometimes there's a diminishment of the whole and sometimes there's an expansion of the whole, but it's like a, it's like a kaleidoscope. It's like a, a narrowing and an expansion all to know ourselves from a different POV. That's it. That's why we're here. We're not here to change the world because there actually isn't a world to change. It's a physical perception of spirituality's having. So if we stop trying to change the world and change our perspective, the quote unquote world will change, right? Because we're just honoring all that is that's already there.
0: I, I tell people um, based on the, the experience and wisdom that I feel is needed is that you're not here to change the world or change people or change their perception because they have to make that choice. But ultimately, you're here to change yourself. And just by changing yourself, you're vibrating on a higher frequency that quantum shifts you to your reality where your reality already exists the way that you want it to be. So you don't change that specific reality that you're in, but you vibrate. Towards and aligned to that frequency where which your reality already resides in. Um I've noticed that when I was vibrating lower, I did perceive as I did have depression and that I was suicide, suicidal. Um I noticed that the vibration that I was aligned to, I pictured the world very low and everyone suffering. I couldn't like grasp the idea that someone actually wanted to be on Earth that there was a heaven on earth. Now that I quantum shift and I align, you know, quantum jump to the, my perfect reality, which I'm in, um, I picture the world like it's a choice if I wanna perceive how I view the world to also view itself. And mm-hmm. I noticed that when I don't um, attach myself to the idea that that this plane field is just low vibrational, first, there's a balance. You Mm -hmm. have to accept the duality of this planet, Mm -hmm. the negative and the positive. Um, But as well, it's always a choice. Okay, am I going to focus on the positive or am I going to focus on the negative? Because your subconscious brain is going to make you focus on the energetic frequency that that you're aligned to. That's what you're attracting into your reality. So um, an exercise that I'll do, As I tell this person, okay, start with you, you know, start with you, sit within yourself, do some meditation, find your heart, find your voice, you know, feel what feels good to you, what makes you happy, because that's going to elevate your energetic system. That's mainly all that really matters is what you perceive to be what makes you happy and what makes you feel in the embodiment of love that you naturally are. And you express those ways of love in your reality, which jump boost the way you perceive. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little hack that we could do. Mm-hmm. There's, there's many different exercises. It's endless. You know, we have many different options to go about. There is no one way on how to perceive this reality or how to even get to your desired reality. That's the fun part. It's all about imagination as well. It's your inner world. It's not your outer world. You don't focus on the material world. You focus on your inner world and what you visualize and what you want to create. The creator is the observer within you. But if you're placing that observer and that creation based on the creation, the creation is just the material. It's mm-hmm. just it's just the concept. It's just the illusion. But you have to sit within yourself to ask yourself within, okay, what do I want? And also be aware, okay, you can still detach from your desire. That desire is still a concept, but it's okay to have that desire. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's who you experience yourself. So it's kind of also just understanding you don't have to attach to this world, but you don't have to escape it. You don't have to use escapism mm-hmm. to also be in different realities. We have lucid dreaming, astral projection, reality shifting. There's even quantum shifting to even mm-hmm. perceive your other past lives or, well, not really past because they're all you know operating in one internal time because mm-hmm. time's not relative. But- I just think our journey is very beautiful because it's all based on our our imagination and and our inner world and how we connect and decide to work with within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And once you really grabs, okay, how do I perceive working with myself? Because it's going to look different to everyone else. We all have different personalities, different experiences, different ways of how we want to feel happy or express ourselves. So always trust your inner gut, always trust your heart. Or whatever, even chakra system that feels the most comfortable to you to, to trust that in, that instinctive decision. Okay, what's going to make me happy to draw in and raise the vibration into my own reality that I still can detach to,
1: but that I can make peace with and accept? Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautifully said. I mean, one thing that you said in the beginning of that was the different, so depression versus, I want to, I want to just highlight this because I think it's really important because right now it's, it's a very intense time. And a lot of people might be feeling some of that, what you call low vibe vibe energy without knowing what's going on, without being able to identify it. But if you feel that, so instead of, I have switched from going low and high to either constricted or expanded because there is So the time and space dimension, high and low, doesn't no one's ever going up or coming down. That's a, that's a spatial construct that we hang on to, to guide ourselves through the physical lens. But when we're non-physical, there's no spatial construct. There's no time like we look at it. And there's no spatial dimension, high and low. We use those words to try to define something that's undefinable. Um, but if you look at it in terms of compression, instead of depression, compression, compression versus expansion. Um, it can make a little more sense when you use those terms relative to knowing that there's a stream of well-being within you that never deviates from love. it is it is the fullness of unconditional love. So relative it's a science experiment in in high school where you have the um the constant and the variables. and the variables go all over the place. but you only know what the variable is based on the constant. So we have a constant within us. it's the it's the stream of who we really are, the unconditional love that is the constant. The variable is do i feel depressed? do i feel anxious? do i feel hopeful? do i feel, you know, joyful? like that is the variable and you know where the variable is based on the constant. So if you look at it in terms of not depression but compression, there's a natural inward um, seeking for understanding and awareness that happens. It can at least for me it made it a little bit less traumatic because depression is a very traumatic word. There's a lot that is, that our society says about, you know, concepts like depression, you shouldn't be depressed. What do you have be depressed about? Like there there's mental illness. There's all of these ways of looking at this concept of depression. But if you look at compression, I'm naturally going within, cause I don't have the answers without like, I can't find them outside of myself. They're not there. Cause they're not supposed to be there. And then you go, why do I feel this compression? It's because it's a it's a pulling it's a farther distance away from the control. That's how you know what quote unquote, vibration high or low you're in. If you want to put the middle as the high and the external ones as the low, the farther you go away from the center point, the quote unquote, lower you get, which just means the more compressed because you're not in alignment with that stream of well-being. Um, which can, if if you look at it in a different way, can help alleviate that. Um, there's a little bit of a guilt. There's there's sometimes there can be embarrassment for being depressed. Sometimes there can be ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm depressed. What I have to be depressed about? Look, my life is great. You know, like there can be all sorts of things that we tell ourselves. Um, but if you look at it like I'm just in a state of compression. Why? Because I need to look within. Because the answers do not exist without. They do not exist exterior. They exist within. So I'm going to go in and find them and it's okay that I'm pulling away. It's okay that I feel like there are no answers because that's when you begin to t- t- tap into that voice that you and I have talked about, that voice of guidance, that voice you're like, oh, wait, I am connected. You don't have to go there to be connected. Cause I also talk about in the book, the half ways, other very just mundane ways of being connected. Um, So that's the first thing that I kind of want to highlight based on what you said, because it can be confusing when you feel anxious or um, separate or lost or like you're not loved, like you don't belong. I mean, there can be all sorts of really complicated feelings. Um, So that's the first one. Um, The second one, if you want to dive into it, I would love to explain my perspective on how there are actually past lives, which I know can be there are people in religions the religion depends on the concept of reincarnation. It's dependent. So it can be a little bit like, you know, I'm, I'm taking a hot poker and I'm digging at the coals and I'm poking it at people. Like, what do you mean? There's no reincarnation. There's no, the concept it's not mechanically possible. And here's why there's only one moment. Now, if there's only one moment, but now there is no past. That's a, that's a construct that we use to make sense of, our lives, but everything that we're doing, we're doing right now. We're pulling up the past now. We're, we're projecting the future now. So if we take that as a fundamental understanding, like there is no other moment than right now, there cannot be re because re means again, again means pat. Like there's no, again, there's only one point taken from the perspective of now. So I've had experiences where I had um, information that I used the concept of reincarnation to make sense of experientially through your own lens it makes sense like what do I do with this information about this person in the 1500s I know I feel like this is me like how would I know this stuff if it wasn't me well it's not you what it is is your energy meeting the other energy of something in another like in another From another perspective of now, it's the same moment of now looked at from a different POV. And if the energy is alike, you will perceive it and translate it. We're not the thinkers of our thoughts, we're the translators of vibration. So you will translate that information into something that makes sense for you. Why? So you know more about yourself. So I had these, I was remember, quote unquote, remembering, re means again, it's not again, I was perceiving, information from an entity in the 1500s and then I would perceive an, int- an entity in the 1800s and then I would perceive an entity in the I don't, I don't even know her time frame but she was like in her teens or something who was like a um Iranian or something who was like pers- who was like um, not doing what the patriarch wanted to so anyway so what I did is I sort of posted noted all these experiences that I thought were me up on like a board. And I'm like, what do they have in common? And I was like, oh my God, martyrdom. All these people are martyrs. Well, how could I experience their what I perceived as me in another lifetime as a martyr? Oh my gosh, it has to be active now because you cannot perceive what is not active now. So I needed to see the reflection through perceiving their energy of what I had active in this moment. I was being a martyr. I perceived myself as a martyr. Now that's a really hard pill to swallow. You got to swallow that pill when you're given it and be like, all right, so I don't want that. I want to change that. I don't want that anymore. So all the reflections that we're given, we are given because we are perceiving them to know more about ourselves.
0: I completely agree with you. But it's also you know, a, a helpful tool is also finding what best way that works for you to also receive the information. Mm-hmm. Because when, like you said, when you can work with the modalities of how to receive the energy, and obviously it's going to transmute it into information that best fits fits you anyway, because you are the source. So it's not that exactly. you're choosing what information comes in. You can not choose how you perceive it. But like you said, it's a natural source that's going to Come through. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great healing tool because, like you said, you get to see the reflections within yourself. I don't attach myself to titles, but um, let's just say, example: some of my family has narcissistic tendencies. Mm -hmm. I won't ever pen a title on someone as they can change and grow from uh, an old habit, but um, they do have like the narcissistic tendencies, which I noticed because I was in that household. I kind of. Um, detach myself from their story, which, you know, it's okay. And I was like, oh, you know, they're completely different people from me. So I don't resonate with the narcissistic tendencies that they project onto other people. However, when you become aware that sometimes also in the environment that you're in, you pick up the habits that you kind of were projected onto from your parents or just Mm -hmm. people in your environment. Um, And I noticed, oh, hold on, I actually do have some narcissistic tendencies that I just became aware of. Because when you are just, like you said, when you can just become aware and accepting and opening your, your mindset to these different ways of of thinking, that you can kind of understand the different healings that you need to work on within yourself. So just by being open-minded, okay, maybe I do have these traits that, like you said, of being a martyr or being narcissistic or, or, you know, being neglectful to someone else, because that's what I had in my own reality. It's still a healing and helping tool. It still guides you to know how to work with this frequency. Now, once you learn how, like we said, when you start within yourself and you learn how to heal in the best way for you, you can also use that wisdom to help someone else experienced the same thing. They're gonna use it differently how they perceive it because not everyone works with healing and energy and frequency the same, but it's still ultimately helping the interconnected collectives that we are, you know, pure consciousness experiencing itself. So when you help yourself, you're still helping the thousand other reflections of yourself understand how to experience and evolve from oneself as well. So I completely, I I, I agree um I, I do notice that a lot a lot of the time at least in the reality that I'm currently in right now that I perceive that a lot of people have um sh- are a little bit challenged of accepting their selves instead of accepting who they are and then choosing okay what can I work on from here it's it's like the victim role and in this case, we can all say we could be a victim, but where does that get us? You know? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to make choices in your life. If you want to be better, you have to always try to become aware of what choices can I make that will better me, that will help me evolve. And that like I said, it's gonna look different for everyone. So there's not an exact one-way path to do that, but you you ultimately cultivate your own meaning. Okay, how what feels energetically more aligned with me that raises my vibration that makes me feel like I'm reaching a higher version of myself in this time in the now so what I really want to share with the collective that it might come off as a simple message but it is deeply found is you know start looking within yourself but also learn how to accept where you're at you know, meet yourself where you're at, be more in the present moment now, because the the future does not exist, you know, there's only the now, the past also is an experience that you experience still in the now, you can always visit the past and heal it, that's the fun part, you still can always visit the past versions of your experiences and heal them, like it's still in the now, so always choose if you do want to evolve this is a choice but start within yourself you know look within because when you're looking with without yourself when you're looking outward it's just a projection and perception of yourself creation is just you it's an illusion so how can you predict anything about yourself in an illusion you have to to start within where the source is Meet it where it's at.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just listening. You're you're beautifully spoken and beautifully said. And like I said, you are the future. So thank you for doing what you do and knowing what you know. And it's like it's 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 just such a beautiful thing. Um, that is the that's the challenge, right? What you just said. If you just if the listener just listens back to what you just said, and instead of trying to implement what we learned in standardized education, which which is either repeat it, regurgitate it. But sit with it and ask yourself, am I doing this or am I doing something else? And what would I prefer? That's really the work because what we learned in school has been carried over into personal development and even spiritual development. There's a lot of lip service being done. There's a lot of regurgitation, but there's not a lot of implementation. There's not a lot of how do I actually become this in this moment? Because that's the only thing that makes a difference is if you take what you're talking about, and not just listen to the podcast and then forget it and put it aside, but write down what popped out for you, and then begin to examine it in a real, tangible way. How do I implement this? If I'm if I'm busting through my day, not thinking about it at all, nothing's changing, or things are changing. Well, nothing. Things are always changing. They're either changing more of the same or something different. So, which one is it? It's either changing more of the same or something different, but. You know, that's our work as individuals is to is to become more self-reflective, self-aware, you know, to, to do the things that you just spoke about. And if we're not and we don't care, that's fine, too. You know, but if we do, if we're uncomfortable enough, then we will make the changes that we deem necessary to become comfortable in our own lives. So, Allison, I want to ask you about your
0: uh, spiritual coaching and mentorship and your programs what is like the main teachings or the way that you coach your your clients or the collective? Or so
1: mental? what's interesting is like I talked about before, I discovered that when you look at the structure of standardized education and you pull that structure over into personal and spiritual development, that's typically what it is. And it took me a while to realize that, that it's structurally it's actually the same thing as standardized education. And because I taught for so long, and because I had the experience that I did, I said, this needs to change. We can't just hide behind the structure of, I have the answer, answer is good for you because I have it, it worked for me, it'll absolutely, work. like this whole this whole thing, if you look at like, well, what is standardized education? A teacher stands at the classroom, there's a curriculum, the student has to learn the curriculum, they have to blend into what's already there, they have to make it work, they have to succeed. You go pick a book off the shelf at a bookstore, and you look at the structure of the book or another person's personal development structure. What it is, is there's a there's a leader and the leader has an agenda called a curriculum and you have to fit yourself into it. And if you don't, they don't know what to do with you. So, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So something needs to change. So I took what I knew about actual learning and I blended it with what I knew about three different topics, which was intuition, transforming fear and the power of authenticity. Those are my three nuggets of gold. And what I did is I said, how can I, there has to be some structure, but the structure has to be flexible because if you have no bumpers on the bowling alley, you're going to go in the gutter every single time. You're not going to know what you're doing. So what i provided were bumpers and you can go down that alley fast, slow, purple, orange, like it doesn't matter, but there are, there is some structure. Um, So if you, if you look at what you know about a traditional curriculum, like I just talked about. Accelerate Your Mojo is different because while their structure, it's a multi-dimensional structure. The student is at the center and we have seven different steps. I wouldn't call them steps anymore. I'd call them lenses to look through, to look at one's experience. And the student guides everything from start to finish, every single thing. If they don't want to read the book, they don't read the book. If they want to watch the, you know, um, the online self-guided course, they can. If they don't want to. It doesn't matter. It isn't going to impact the outcome of your results. So the student gets to say what they do, when they do it, how they're going to look at the different steps. Um, I am simply a guide that is a reflector. In fact, one of my recent clients said the most favorite aspect, her most favorite aspect was being reflected what she had said through a different POV. Because we can't always see the integration that we have with common core beliefs that have structured our reality. So when you have a reflection from a higher source that says, here's another way to look at that, you kind of go, oh, oh, I didn't know. Oh, okay. I can see it now, right? So what's, what's core to the experience is the client and the way they want to work through it. Their experience, their life experience actually creates the fundamental curriculum, quote unquote, curriculum for lack of a better word. Um, so we have these seven lenses that we look through, like looking at belief systems, looking at inspired action, looking at detached optimism, looking at what you're asking for and how you're allowing it, allowing and receiving. Um, so it, it's, it's fundamentally different. Like you got one where the curriculum is most important. The other where the student is like the the person is. So that's, it, it's revolutionary different. It's a multidisciplinary multidimensional dimensional taking into consideration that you are a spiritual being, having a physical perspective that you are the one creating this reality. I don't know if your listeners have ever heard of um, Jane Roberts, who wrote the Seth series, the Seth books. Oh, they're genius. Genius. That's where the the phrase you create your reality comes from. That's where it was first uttered. Um, but Jane channeled Seth in the sixties, look into it. It's fantastic. You'll love it. Um, but that's the difference. So I work with women who are people pleasers, perfectionists, who are really just, they they love spiritual and personal development information, but there, there's a hitch between taking it from some sort of intellectual level to a practical level. Like it's great. It feels really good, but my life isn't changing. So what we do is we take that information from enlightening intellectual information to how is it going to affect my physical reality, my day-to-day ins and outs, my my different results that I'm looking for um, without looking outside of myself? Because intuition is core, 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 core.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Also, I love that you're a reflector. Um, um because I like how everyone has their own different human design, but being a reflector can also um like we talked about seeing seeing the things we need to heal in by being reflected on and i think that's really cool because it's like i i had this one person in my life that was a reflector so everything that i would say they kind of reflected back onto me and you know it used to trigger my my wounds and used to make me like want to come out of my my character. I was like, oh my God, like why are you like this?" And then I realized, wait, I'm like this yeah and then, yeah. And then it, it it translated to okay, I I understood that since we're all one, I have this like compassion and acceptance for everyone now because I understand there's just some people in this world that reflect the suffering so you can see it within yourself um so you can you know evolve from it so i understand now like even though some um beings on this planet which they're just playing a part it's just a game you know yeah. it's not something that's really their attachment it's not their soul it's not their higher self it's not even ultimately us because you know we're just the the observer of our own creation experiencing ourselves eternally without but um, that's why I also have a lot of unconditional love and, and compassion and acceptance. Cause I know this is just a game, you know, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, not to take things personal because I mean, you don't have to, you also can choose what affects you too, right. which is uh, the best part as well. Like you don't have to take everything personal, especially from, as I view people, which is kind of like a funny thought experiment. I think I view them as kids that are learning how to heal. Yeah. So when I look at any being, no matter the age, I'm like, it's just a kid that's learning how to work with itself, you know, and with its experience in subconscious mind and conscious mind and the way that it wants to dabble in its perception of its own reality. So um ultimately, I just think it's beautiful being able to reflect off each other to learn what we need to heal from so mm-hmm. we can evolve from it. Now, like I said, this is just a game. So I consciously from a standpoint think that a lot of people take the experience more serious than they need to because mm-hmm. they get so attached and the desire and their ego kind of gets so amped up in the game. But the best part as well with that is you can evolve how to detach from it and become the observer of the experience in the own game. So ultimately there is no negative viewpoint or it, it all, it all just depends on how you perceive it because mm-hmm. there is no right or wrong, but there also is no, it, it's no negative viewpoint. It, there is no negative feeling. It's only if you perceive the negative feeling as negative, but ultimately all negative feelings that we do perceive as negative transmutes back to a love frequency.
1: Yeah. No. So, yes, absolutely. Um, yes. So if you look at like, if you looked at a percentage, like if you took a hundred percent, And you divided it in half. But there's an actual middle point. There's positive, negative, and neutral. Because the neutral has free will, it's actually 51% positive. So you can look at it as the the positive wins out because you have to have a central point and the central point is neutral, which invokes free will and you can do whatever you want. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I love working with the women that I work with and it's, it's a true gift. And I mean, I've learned... More about my ability to channel because working with people who have questions, I sort of allow myself to be, and I don't I, I integrate what I have learned and experienced myself with this other aspect, this half part of me that has a divine knowledge, has a an ability to receive, which I'm learning to love and express and not, you know, be like, oh, that's weird which a lot of people think of channeling that way, but yeah, it's super fun and it's really enjoyable. And I'm, I'm glad I landed here.
0: Thought experiment. If you could give your younger self
1: some wisdom, what would you have said? Because I wouldn't tell her anything. I would hug her. She doesn't need to be told anything because she she's not broken. What she wants is a hug. What she wants is just to be unconditionally loved. So that's what I would do.
0: I love that answer. That is so beautiful. And you know, I love that you said that because when when people are asked that question, they feel as they have to come up with a story, like a, a like an actual answer for it. But as well, it's the same logic as there is no right or wrong, you know? So, when we think that there's something wrong with our younger self, we need to to get it with and we need to heal, we need to fix it. Like like you said, sometimes just nurturing and being unconditionally loving and accepting that that is what was. But instead of kind well, of and,
1: and, and, and while I'm while you're saying that, though, the person so when I remember I told that story about being a teen and having some trauma and being a cutter, so the voice that I heard, may very well have been the voice that's telling the story now about just giving a hug. I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was my higher self. I don't know if it was an angel. I don't know what it was. It very well could have been this perspective of me talking to that perspective of me because I thought I was broken. I didn't think I was valuable. I thought, you know, but it could have well, very well been future me, quote unquote, future me giving unconditional love to past me or present me. You know what I mean? Like like it's mixed up. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with us. You know, it's just, we're evolving. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having all these traits because we learn how to cultivate our own meaning to it and how to evolve from it. It's us. So there is no right or wrong from it. It's just, you're learning what it means to you and how you can raise that frequency and heal from that that experience. So um I know that there's certain things that we still perceive as being a human being that is still in our subconscious mind that we might still repeat the the habit of belief or action or feeling from. Obviously that's that's natural because we're still that the whole purpose of of humans is to be an emotional being to perceive with emotions. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna be like this perfect replica of emotion you know we're going to figure out what it means to us on our own journey that's the fun part there is Mm -hmm. no right way there is no one way how to perceive it Mm -hmm. but when and, and this is the part that we said to just accept that we are sometimes lost or that we don't know everything or that we don't always know what to say or how to think or how to feel Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to sit within ourselves and just say, okay, and be the observer of all those three. Mm-hmm. It's still the perception that, like you said, how you just want to give your your younger self a hug instead of like kind of sharing the wisdom and, and being the teacher, but just holding the space that I understand this happened. I'm going to nurture you and unconditionally love you because I accept you exactly for who you are. Mm-hmm. That, that should be the pinpoint.
1: Yeah. And that <laughs> advice is the best advice I can give anyone who's a parent because in looking at myself and saying, I don't need to fix you. I don't, you don't want advice. When I try to give my, I've got kids your age and they don't want my advice. They do not. Well, you don't want your parents' advice, do you? You don't want it. You want to do it on your own. You want to, you want to explore. You want to be who you are. I've got my oldest is gay. My youngest is, my middle one's non-binary. My younger one's cisgender. Like I've got this fabulous diversity of expressions of who they really are and the middle one who's non-binary like will sometimes talk and the minute i try to give advice is the minute they're like "Eh, eh, eh, eh." it's not what i want what i want is a hug what i want is to be loved right because that's what we want you know what you have an inner guidance My kids have an inner guidance. I have an inner guidance. That's the guidance and advice that we want. We do not want external advice that comes from a perspective of particular kinds of experiences that thinks they can fix it because there's nothing to be fixed. That's the point. They're not broken. These kids are not broken. You're not broken. My kids aren't broken. They are perfect expressions of themselves. They do not need advice. They have an inner guidance system. You guys are doing just fine all as well.
0: They're perfect, just the way they are.
1: They're perfect.
0: They're the embodiment of love and they're learning how to evolve on their own journey and that's all what we're trying to do. And and I and now that I now that we talked about it it did hit me that it's the judgment that we put based upon ourselves that we need to share that wisdom because we still have that judgment, maybe even shame or guilt that that's how we were. We can't just accept, okay, that's where I was at that time. It's like, you you kind of feel like you have to to heal it or, or change it, fix it, grow right. from it. But you know, and you can, you can't quantum shift and heal that version of yourself, but it should be more based on accepting that that is what it is. And just right. learning, okay, what do I choose to do now? It's not what do I, what does my inner child choose to do in the past, or what does my older self choose to do in the future. Is what okay. do I choose to perceive and do now, and right. it's that sense of judgment that we feel as we need to put like an explanation or story or or meaning of healing or wisdom on ourself. And different versions of ourselves, you know, and even though it is us, I still feel like that's not our place, <laughs> right? Because you're supposed to be accepting every stage yes. of the journey, not trying to kind of use that criticism or judgment placed upon that those versions.
1: Right. And that's part of the complication with personal development spirituality right now. It's still trying to fix something that's broken, whether it was in the past or in the future, like there's still this concept of, I need to fix it. I've got the solution. It's going to fix you. You're not broken. It's a matter of how there's a fundamental difference between coming at something like it's broken. I need to fix it. I need to be more spiritual. I need to be doing better. I need to do like there's this fixing versus starting from the moment that you're standing right now and moving forward in passion and excitement for the purpose of experiential learning. Fundamental difference.
0: No, I'm so happy that we did talk about this. You know, it's emotion, it's energy in motion. That's what emotions are: is energy in motion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're also not gonna be able to control our emotions 100% all the time. So it's also okay to just flow and surrender to your emotion and being the observer of the emotion as well. So whatever feeling does come up, whether it is in those different versions that you know you haven't healed those inner child wounds that you feel like you haven't healed, it's also okay. You know, it's okay to feel like you don't have it all together. It's okay to feel like you're lost. It's okay to feel as you're safe or comfortable. These feelings, there is no right or wrong feeling, but it's how you perceive the
1: feeling. That's what I did with my kids. And fundamentally, like for me, when I understood emotions were, were indications of what your active belief was. And if you can sit in the moment and feel something, be like, oh, I feel anxious, or I feel scared, or I feel joy, or I feel happy, whatever, because I'm flowing energy through a belief system, I often use the analogy of a Play-Doh machine. If you stick Play-Doh in the top, and you have a star on the end, and you crank it, it's going to come out in the form of a star, because there's a, there's a structure. We're essentially, basically speaking, that consciousness comes through down into a more constricted form. And the form shows you what your belief system is. So if I'm feeling fear, that's the structure I'm flowing energy through, a fearful belief, a constricted belief. If I'm flowing energy through an expansive belief, I feel an alignment, it's what we call an alignment. So, you know, when you fundamentally know that, but what I did with my own kids, if there's a listener who's got kids, is starting really young. I said, what is it that brings you joy, right? You don't have to, I'm never going to ask you, what are you going to be when you grow up? Because nobody freaking knows that answer that question. Like what brings you joy? What gets, what gets you excited? Right. And that's the next best step you take in that moment. And that's how I've told my kids to guide their own choices with whatever classes they take in college, whatever you think you want to do for quote unquote a living, I mean, you have to follow that passion. That is your inner guidance system telling you your passion is a translation of your higher self. It's an alchemical translation. It's hormones, right? It's those feel good hormones that get translated. So, you know, if a listener says, I-, I don't know what to do, follow that excitement, curiosity, bliss in every single moment. Take it as far as you can take it. You can't take it any farther. Don't demand it, it has to be something and stay in a positive mindset no matter what, All right? Boom. Yes. Oh, that's your mm-hmm. recipe.
0: I agree. You know, now that you said that, uh, I just had this um, this kind of like download the other day um, that my soul kind of is more like the seeker. Like it doesn't feel attached to any title or any destined purpose that it kind of wants to flow in different, many different activities and careers and just kind of find what I find passion, happiness in
1: like isn't that a purpose isn't that a purpose though the purpose doesn't have to be anything specific it is what you make of it right so that's
0: and that's what i'm saying that um the purpose is kind of ultimately what you get meaning to but i think my meaning of the purpose is basically like you said what makes you happy
1: exploration Um, adventure yes
0: (laughs) because Like I I noticed in the collective, which my spirit guides and spirit team have told me, but they're like, you know, follow your heart, follow your gut, because that's what we want you to focus on. Don't follow what anyone else is doing. Don't follow, you know, you don't even have to follow the teacher. You can follow in the teachings and Mm -hmm. you don't have to base your existence based on the spiritual community. Do what Mm -hmm. branch out, do what makes you feel creative, do what makes you feel is your truth. And that's why I feel like I'm most creative when I am in the flow of just like doing my own thing. I'm not following structured rules of what the collective says you should and shouldn't do because there is no right or wrong. We're Mm -hmm. all playing
1: with ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) So what's interesting is right now there's a compression, right? There's a compression, we're in the eye of the needle. There's a compression happening, right? And people are, um, being squeezed in a sense for, a, for, you know, an example of trying to figure out how to picture this, but as you get squeezed, stuff is going to have going to have to come out that you don't want to carry on because you only can carry so much through this eye of the needle. What are you going to take with you? Are you going to take all the negative things? Or are you going to take the positive things? So that's kind of the, that's, what we're feeling and so your generation is critical to the formation of what's coming next because in the next six years there is a lot going down I mean literally your age group specifically within five years of how old you are. so you guys are also deciding what am I going to take with me and I see it in my own kids there's this struggle there's this 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 just struggle and and what has been laid upon them from a belief system from us, from my generation, from the generation in between us. It's like, they're like, they're not just taking it. You guys are not just, you're not just like, okay, I'm just going to wear this for the next 50 years because it's what I was given. You're like, no, it doesn't fit. So now as we get squeezed, each individual has to decide what baloney am I going to take with me, if any, or am I going to leave it behind and come out the other side with, the things that serve me. And one of those is follow your passion because it's your higher self talking to you. You can trust it. It will lead you to enough money. It will lead you to the right relationship. It will lead you to abundance in all its forms. Like, Are you going to trust it? Or are you going to trust the lies that other people are shoving in your face? What are you going to do?
0: I, I agree. I love my journey.
1: <laughs> I love the collective. <laughs> You guys are great, man. You guys, you, I mean, I've got a one who's going to turn twenty-one in a few days. I've got a mm-hmm. an eighteen-year-old and a one about to turn seventeen. So I'm I'm watching you and mm-hmm. your generation just decide what is the next evolution going to look like.
0: I feel pressured.
1: I'm just kidding. No, there's no pressure. I mean, it's the opposite of pressure. Like there's the design is whatever design you want it to be mm-hmm. at all levels. Like every system is breaking down the structure of school, the banking system, the, the the old white men are leaving and the system that they put in place. And even if you look at personal development, a lot of it was established by old white guys. It's like, that is over. We are done with that. And then this next generation goes, you can't pin me down a gender. You can't pin me down on, you know, self-expression. You can't pin me down on a profession. I won't be pinned down. You cannot put it upon me. I will decide for myself, based on my inner guidance, how I want this to look. And it even shows to the collective, like the
0: new beings that are um, coming onto earth to kind of raise the vibration of the planet and help humanity. You kind of can see as well, like just based on the different types of personalities or like their human design of how it's supposed to help the collective like like you said um the people who do express their genders and sexuality or the many different um new careers that people are creatively coming out with for the collective like you kind of find love for every sexuality every gender every career choice but you don't have to have that judgment based upon it it's just it is what it is except for what it is Mm -hmm. i think that you know, so society-wise and gender generational curses, was that um, through generation they kind of had this fixed structure, like you said, of how things should go. Mm-hmm. But you know, now we're kind of falling into a new frequency on the planet. Well, maybe not new, but transitioning into that fre- frequency of the planet. That knowing that we're limitless beings that can mm-hmm. literally be creative and experience anything we want. Someone Mm. can walk in here and be like half pig, half cow. But if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. You don't base judgment upon it, but you're just like, Hey, it is what it is. So here's an idea.
1: Here's an idea that can piggyback on that. So if you start from the basis of, we are non-physical consciousness, we are not physical, right? We create the perception of time. So if we take it from that perspective, um, there isn't just one world. There's infinite worlds. So which is why when you shift your perspective, your POV, you perceive something different in a person. You know, if you read a book several times, you'll you, you can perceive different things from it. That's the same idea. And so what you're doing is exactly right because you decide what kind of world you want to perceive. Because that is the essence of your vibration. That is the world that you quote unquote create, right? So there's someone else can be having. So another idea is is because there's so much coming up in the world today, right? One way to look at this is to put a plexiglass between you and all the stuff that is is incredibly divisive and hateful and all this other stuff. Just put a plexiglass. Like I can see it, but let's just say for the next six years, I'll be able to see it But the reason I'm given the choice to see it is to determine how I'm going to, what I'm going to do with that information. Am I going to resonate with the hate that it is, or am I going to resonate with something else knowing that can still exist, but I don't have to choose it. And because I'm not choosing it, it doesn't interface with me, right? So that's where we come to the infinite world's perspective is like, I'm a non-physical consciousness. I'm projecting myself into this reality that the, that has these components called time and space to, to, to linearly make sense of it like a projector, but because there's infinite worlds, every time I wake up, I wake up to the world that I vibrationally translate. And right now I'm given the choice. I can translate what I'm seeing, having a, having a non-binary child, I can see the hate. There are people that, that hate my child for existing, right? I can see it. What am I going to do with it? It matters what I decide to do with it. It matters what my child decides to do with it. Not getting rid of it, but deciding how you were going to feel about it, which translates into a different world.
0: I've noticed that people who are so fixated on a perfect world in their own reality that's just based on their beliefs, Mm -hmm. they, they don't think about how much harm they're causing to not accept a human for being exactly who they are every human has their own dna activation and gene and personality human design natal chart all of that numerology we have it all so it's like even though they're not aware to it my thing is you know it would it would benefit the collective more if we at least had open minded souls that at least can become aware to their actions, you know, and, and just but they're like, going to
1: create a world in which they exist in that they're going to, they're yeah. literally going to create a world in which they sort of co- they, they they convene with others like them. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds like unfathomable, like how does that happen? You just have to trust that you choose the world that you want to live in and mm-hmm. you, you become the example of that and you mm-hmm. watch what happens and those that don't resonate will not be perceivable in your reality. Eventually mm-hmm. right now we're in the, we're in the plexiglass phase, but <laughs> eventually you will be on the world that you want to be on mm-hmm. you just have to trust
0: is yes. I I am saying that the more that we share the wisdom and truth to our collective the more that it will have a powerling effect yes. to show the people who are unaware and close-minded that that generation's gonna kind of start to close down and we're gonna open a new generation of people who are more open-minded, aware and know how to treat people with respect and love and compassion and acceptance. And we can shift to that reality, but our voice still exists in every reality of earth. So when we're sharing our wisdom, we can still touch the souls that are unaware Mm-hmm. Even if they're not vibrating at the same level that we are, which is also really cool.
1: <laughs> you guys, you do what you do, man. You're doing exactly what you do. Take inspired action, do your podcast, do your, do your actions that you're in alignment. with. And that is that yeah, it's perfect. Thank you so much, Allison
0: Sutter for coming onto the collective show. We loved having you on the show and sharing your wisdom and experiences and ideas with the community and humanity. Thank you
1: so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a blessing. I mean, you're, do, you're doing fantastic stuff. So keep doing it.
0: You're doing fantastic. Uh, can you share your socials so people can find you when yep. they need you?
1: My website is com. If you go there, it will take you everywhere you need to go to the blog, to the Instagram. Instagram is just Alison sutter 3 It's the same on TikTok, um, YouTube, like just go to the, go to the hub. And from there, you can find a destination that you want to go to.